Hello everyone, we are live and recording. It is 8 p.m. on Monday, July 5th. This is pre-recorded um, and you'll be hearing this hopefully sometime tomorrow afternoon on the 6th. We are here to discuss the press release from Atlanta Motor Speedway on the future. Oh, it just started. Okay. Pause. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fan Fuel. We are recording at 8 p.m. on Tuesday, no, Monday the 5th. I'll restart that again. Hello, everyone. This is Fan Fuel, and this is a special recording session. We'll be uploading this on Tuesday, shortly after the release of the um, Atlanta Motor Speedway's presser. And we're going to go ahead and do some reactions because we've got some insider info with my dad, who you can see in the bottom. Uh, corner there, flagman Chad, and he's currently flagging for the Dixie and Rome Speedways right now. But you've been working with AMS for quite a while, and uh, you know the guys. You've been on here with us. You know Colton and Nathan. Um, so welcome back to the show, and what can you tell us about this press release that's going to be going on tomorrow? Well, it's got a lot to do with the racing to come at Atlanta Motor Speedway and the fact that, yes, we will have a nicely newly paved surface, but, you know, as everybody else is more concerned about they're going to change the racetrack for the worse, and you was one of those that said, God, I hope they don't do it like they did Texas. So I can assure you that is not going to be the case. It is actually going to be banked higher than it has ever been banked at atlanta motor speedway which oh, is wow, okay. should be pretty good it's going to be i think right around 28 28 and a half degrees somewhere in there um and we should be able to see some difference in speed and i do think we will see something close to 200 at that point in time with new pavement and everything else and i do know that the cars and everything are going to be brand new and you've got a completely different engine package and everything. But I do believe that you will actually see that speed. Um, if you can remember, they put that high downforce at Michigan after they repaved it. And, and what were they doing? 203, 204 for a qualifying lap. So yeah. not granted, I don't, I don't expect that to be race pace, but I do, in fact, believe that you will probably see that in qualifying, and I'm pretty sure we will have practice in qualifying a lot more next year with these next-gen cars, and hopefully we will see some differences in the racing itself. And I do believe that you will see probably even more drafting and lifting in the corners at Atlanta because of the banking, even though they are at a different horsepower rate. If I'm not mistaken, aren't they supposed to have like 600 horsepower or six some 650 something like that all the way around for most of the tracks, which will be better than the 550 they currently run there. So therefore, more horsepower equals more speed, right? And right. you know, you got wider tires that is going to give you tremendous grip on new asphalt. So I can definitely see where that speed is going to be up there. And they'll end up doing some other stuff like uh, changing the little thunder ring a little bit. 
And if I'm not mistaken, they're going to add a corner a little bit further down to where it is very possible that they can bring some asphalt late models in and run some asphalt races in okay. periodically, which could be a, a new, a new in, interesting feat, as well as I do believe that somebody has even thought about racing go-karts on the Thunder Ring. And even then, it is very possible that we might move the start-finish line for the Thunder Ring to the pit road side um, instead of the front straightaway side because the transition from the NASCAR portion of the track to the flat parts of the corners, there, you know, you're going down the banking and then it flattens out and you got that abrupt bounce. Well, if you take that abrupt bounce out in the Legends cars and Bandoleros and everything, it will actually help them get a better start on a flat surface going down the back straightaway of pit road. And I think it'll make it a little more conducive to better starts, less wrecking in turn, turn one for those. If, if indeed we do do that for those as well. All right. So just to preface a little bit, um, my dad does work um, with the Thursday Thunder legend series and the winter series as well. Um, when they're doing road courses, racing and stuff like that with the legends and Bandolero cars. <clears throat> he has um, done that for quite a long time now. I think what you started around 2011, 2012, somewhere right there. 2012. Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been a long relationship with him and Atlanta motor speedway. And um, I just have talked to you about this for the NASCAR side. Um, obviously there's a lot there that we can uh, get into later, but obviously us three being very big NASCAR fans and not really being affected about some of that local racing that you're talking about. I mean, I'm sure that, that Nathan and Colton have some questions, so I'll, I'll let them go first, but I have a lot of questions myself. Okay. All right. Well, it looks like I'll go. Um, I was kind of curious about the rules package that they intended on running because I know that they tested a package at the all-star race a few weeks ago and you said the banking was going to be a lot steeper and it kind of made me think that they're kind of, they're, they're doing that with a method behind it. And I was wondering if they're going to go through with a completely new rules package, like they are with the new car, or they're going to try stuff that they've already tried with the current car. I, I believe that it will stem from a lot of the, the race and the way it goes right now to the fact of, how about we have so many rules packages that are the same so that they can limit the number of cars that they have? You know, they're supposed to be right. basically um, built by all of these parts and all these parts distributors so that they can limit those. So you got how many road courses now? How many short tracks now? Well, how many mile and a half or miles do we have? But I think this is maybe going to add to the fact that maybe Michigan, Daytona, Talladega, and possibly Atlanta run the same package at that oh, point wow. in time so that it's very possible to where they've got one car 
that they could run for those tracks itself. And, you know, if they're limiting the resources that the teams can use and they've got, say, four, maybe eight cars at best, they've got two for, you know, eight events or two for the next six road courses or two for whatever so that they've got that one that they can unload as a backup. That's pretty interesting to say the least. I mean, it's just, 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 I mean, it's nothing official, but it's just, I think that's how the, the way that the minds of the owners and possibly NASCAR are working together to hold all of those costs down so that you don't have your super teams with 14 to 18 cars. And then you've got, even though Trackhouse just acquired Ganassi that they've only got 10, you know, mm -hmm. if they limit them all to maybe eight or however they're actually doing it, you know, a lot of these guys that are smaller teams can actually fund themselves to make sure that they've got eight cars, just like the big teams. Okay. I think that is what they're doing. I think it's, it might be seven cars. And then if one crashes, you can buy another one. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but I know uh, talking about the package and, and, and saying it's uniform and, and saying that it's a super speedway-esque package, you're saying that um, you're theorizing that what the bigwigs are talking about is is using the same sort of aero package at Daytona Talladega alongside Michigan, which is another one of those big speed tracks, and then possibly here at Atlanta because we're going to pick up that speed with the new banking. Um, I want to pass this question off to Colton um, because I think he probably has a question uh, about that based on horsepower, uh, based on some of the recent conversations that we've had. I'm having hella issues hearing you guys. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, so basically just um, do you have any questions about horsepower and stuff like that being what he just said about the Aero packages coming from Daytona Talladega. Uh, not in regards to the big track. I did have a question about uh, I don't remember what he called it, but the little track in the infield. Um, I think I heard you mention that they were going to try to extend it to maybe run some late models out there. I'd be really interested in that. Um, do you know about if they are going to extend it about how big that track would be? Um, um be flat. But Right, right now it's a quarter mile inside there. But if they go and possibly add, say, 40 to 50 feet further down the front straightaway or maybe 40 yards down the front straightaway and then add a complete new corner that would be outside of that, um, may, maybe you're getting closer to being a third mile instead of a quarter mile, which, you know, the – anything larger than the le legends and bandoleros would actually carry some nice speed, but you know, it's going to have some intense braking zones as well. I hadn't seen the actual blueprints or anything like that yet, but that's all the stuff that was actually talked about for the possibility of having more events at Atlanta motor speedway because of so many less asphalt tracks in the state of Georgia to give them a place to race when there's nothing going on, maybe. Um, and I do think that that turn itself would be a lot wider 
then maybe the Thunder Ring turns one and two. Turns one and two for that would be further down and maybe be about another 20, 25 foot wider. And then, of course, the same turn everybody would use would be the same as the larger turn in turns one and two. Okay. Yeah. And I'm at that point, if you're talking about running late models out there, I mean, even if you do make it a third mile, then you're talking about bringing in the cars tour and, and some major things. I mean, you can probably even run modifieds out there. Um, so I think that would bring in quite a bit to the speedway in just in terms of the off season racing. Yeah. Well, I have actually flagged on that quarter mile winged outlaw asphalt sprint cars. And you're talking about putting on a show on a quarter mile. And they, those jokers were flying and you talking lighting tires up on those. It was incredible. So increasing it to a third mile, you, you would definitely be able to see some speed. Right. And uh, for everybody uh, listening to this or um, we're, we're going to try and broadcast it Wednesday. So watching this um, in retrospect, um, something that, that you've probably heard me, especially, um, on this podcast say, but Nathan and Colton as well, is that these these big tracks need to do more for themselves communal-wise and stuff like that to get more people at the racetrack. Atlanta Motor Speedway does mud runs. Uh, they've, they've hosted a Spartan run or two in the past, uh, color runs. They do the Motorama. They do this other stuff. Uh, but something like my dad just alluded to um, that's missing is that the asphalt racetrack in Georgia. Lanier used to be one of those places to go. It's gone. Um, I think it's, is it South Georgia Motorsports Park is, is one of the other big ones. And it's, you know, way down I-75. Um, yeah, it's, it's way down in Douglas, Georgia. And they covered it with dirt and I don't see them removing it or making it. It was the, it was a beautiful facility, but that far South Georgia, it's like, why are we running asphalt down here? This is dirt country down down in that neck of the woods. And that's why it did not pick up and just bolt and take off. Now, if that was on the north side of Atlanta in the place of Lanier, granted it could have, but for the longest time, asphalt late model racing got to be so expensive due to tires and the, I would call it tire doping wars to where, um, and they sort of ran themselves out of out of business because you know peach state was used to be jefferson and everything else they had that nice 300 lapper up there every october november and you know lanier got bought and sold bought and sold and now it don't even have an infield wall anymore and they do a lot of drifting competitions up there but later this summer they will be returning legends up there to run up there so that they can finish a 10-week series um which will be nice but there are that chris motorsports park down in cordial and i think that is basically your only asphalt track in the state of georgia that would host super late models on a weekly basis the rest of them in georgia are dirt yeah um that's all that we've ever been to as far as going to racetracks in Georgia, you know, the two you work at now as well as Sonoma and, and other ones like seven flags, which doesn't exist anymore and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Um, so that could be a potential new local 
short track, maybe for a short summer series like you guys do with the Thunder Ring, you know, with the Legends on Thursday nights. Um, another thing you guys do is the Friday night drags. I'm assuming that they're going to make the pit road. Um, they're going to have a repave on pit road, maybe not cover the concrete, but um, mm. is that going to affect that? It is very, I know, I don't know about that, but I would think that it could be possible that the, um, due to the Friday night drags and, you know, they've changed that over the years to where they've added the concrete launching pad and other stuff like that to make it a little bit better for those guys running the drags, but you still had the concrete pads everywhere for the pits, but the main part of it was asphalt. Now, whether they concrete the entire thing or pave the entire thing and then put back a concrete pad just for Friday night drags. I'm not sure, but I do know that they are hoping to get that started back up in 2022 with the fans because Friday night drags at Atlanta Motor Speedway is one of the biggest things running from April, late April, all the way through the summer. And then they have two or three in September and it's just, incredible the amount of fans that actually show up for that on a friday night yeah and, and people not local to the racetrack um it's basically they drag race anywhere from you know your car all the way up to you know like pro uh pro stock and stuff like that if if they've got them um and then they have a car show so it's a big big family fun night and stuff like that uh, but now that we kind of know where the direction of the speedway is going, I want to open up, you know, to opinions on what do we think that the racing is going to do? I told everybody on Twitter that we were going to be doing another What If series um, episode this week. So this is actually pretty good. What if they repave Atlanta was one question that always came up in the last, I don't know, 10 years, ever since the track has really been started to just crumble apart as we race on it um you know so it's happening so what do you two guys think is going to happen race-wise it's gonna be interesting for me because i think there's gonna be a lot of people that are mixed on it because i know that a lot of drivers in particular wanted the repave to be prolonged years and years and years because they didn't want it to get repaved and there are some fans that say that racing is you know it's too boring they need it repaved now and I think it's just interesting because you're going to have half the people that are for the repave. They're going to like it. And the people that weren't for the repave, they're probably not going to be extremely happy. So I think, I don't know where I am yet. I'm just going to have to wait and see, but I do like the current surface there. Um, I think it's challenging for the drivers. So I'm just going to have to kind of sit back and watch before I form any opinions. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh... I'm on the fence about the whole repave. Um, I get why a lot of people didn't want the repave. Um, because once the asphalt starts to break down, it really starts to kind of red tires a little bit, and then you see a lot of the strategy come in. Um, so I don't know. I'm never a fan of repaves unless it's absolutely necessary. In this case, I think Atlanta is absolutely necessary. I think banking is going to help, A, improve speeds, um, and then, B, kind of bring the cars a little closer together because you'll have more of a draft aspect of it. Um, but I'm worried that it's only going to be one lane for a few years, um, which we very well could see maybe one or two lanes on the bottom. Um, I think the horsepower will have a lot to do with that as well. And if they decide to run right. high force versus like a medium or soft down force package on it, um, will definitely change the racing up. Uh, I think quite a bit more than the banking will actually. 
Um, it'll definitely definitely be interesting to see as far as what they project it will be versus what it actually is. Uh, so only time will tell. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, um, like, like Colton said, I mean, the aspect of that asphalt being so old and gritty right now is that it shreds tires, and it can put on a good race even – with this 550 package that we're talking about. Um, and so, like he said, you know, with the horsepower um, possibly going up, it could help. Maybe not. We don't know. Um, but I'm more interested in how the banking is going to work. Because if I'm yeah. not mistaken, 28 degrees is going to be the highest banked mile and a half that we've ever seen in NASCAR. So I'm interested to see just how much corner speeds pick up. And uh, like Colton said, how much that, you know, brings in cars together for drafting and, and if it, if it's even going to allow passing, because if they're going that fast mid corner, are we going to be able to see anybody, even if there are multiple lanes going around either person? Mm -hmm. Um, and since my dad's more of a veteran when it comes to being a fan with us, so I'll pass that question on to him. Um, 28 degrees of banking, faster mid corner speeds. We saw that happen with, the 750 package introduction in, in 2015 and further with the 550 package where, where they're not really losing speed in the corners lead to a lot less passing. So you think that trend is going to continue at this new surface because it's going to be lightning quick because of the banking and brand new, right? Asphalt. Well, um, let me preface all of the repave stuff with, Yes, it's just going to be incredible with the grip level and the wider tires because it's it's not arrow grip. It's mechanical grip because of the tire. OK, um, but I don't know if you can see a lot of that, but that's Atlanta as it currently is right now. You can see how rough and porous that really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks like a pumice stone that you would use on your foot. Right. Um, so I want you to revert back and find the 1997 qualifying video on YouTube when it was first changed and Jeff Bodine just never lifted. I mean, right. Right. okay. And I have a feeling that some of these guys are going to sit down in their seats so hard in these corners once it gets rebanked that at the end of the race, you're going to have them like they were this past weekend. They were falling out of their seat at the end of the race. They were just so tired. Um, I think the G-forces will probably go up in, in the corners because it's almost going to be like a slingshot. They're going to go in there and it's going to set them and then they're going to come off the corner. Now, we all know that the great thing about Atlanta is we have good cold weather to where it freezes the surface. Water gets in there and it freezes it. It breaks it up. We have great heat that it allows the surface to expand in the summer. Um, that's why you see so many of the tar lines in there, correct? Over the course of time. And now I want you to then go back and maybe look at the last race of the century, the November 1999, and watch it. And you'll see that even then, they were already running two and three wide, and Michael Waltrip was the first one to find the high side and pass cars. 
All right. So it's not going to take as long to weather the track as much as you would think in other areas. Some places don't have the heat and the cold to do it both ways where I think we're right right there on the edge of being in the perfect location for that to weather a racetrack a lot better than most. And I don't think that they will use anybody different to pack that asphalt in there as tight as you possibly could, like they would say at a Michigan or somewhere else so that it doesn't get cold weathered, broke apart all the time from the water getting in and all of the freezes that they have up there. And granted, the summer it gets hot, but they've only got a limited time of summer versus we've got a limited time of winter down here to do the same thing. I think the, the reverse part of that will weather that track within two to three years and you will be back to seeing two, three, and sometime in some cases going into turn one, just like we have in the back past years, four wide going into one for no apparent reason, just because it's a start. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, that makes me a little bit more confident, but yeah, that's definitely good to hear. <laughs> um, but I guess, does anybody else have anything to say or ask about what's going on? If not, we can move on to the rest of the show. I think what's going to interest me is the spoiler height with whatever package they decide to run, because I think, like he said, there's going to be a ton of mechanical grip. So I wonder how much arrow is going to actually matter. And I'm hoping that they can run a shorter spoiler because you can get behind a car and fall a little more closely. And that's, that's my biggest fear for the first few years of a repave. If there's not a lot of grooves is that if there's a big spoiler like they have now that they're not going to have as easy of a time following the car very closely as they would normally. So if they can, if they can shorten that spoiler up, I think it'll be good. So I think what, what's going to actually happen is that we've, we've got this going on because, you know, we're thinking in Gen 6 terms. We're thinking in, you know, past Gen terms with past repaves. Right. You know, we have repaves at Charlotte during the COT era and all that kind of stuff. But it really kind of seems to me like we're going to figure this out based on the next gen car more than anything. Um, I guess the best way to look at it is going to be the Saturday race with the Xfinity cars to see is it going to make this racetrack crazier or not? Because they're going to stay the same. Um, trucks will stay the same as well, but their mile and a half program is pretty much already batshit crazy as it is. So um, I don't know if there'll be a good uh, test for that. So uh, I guess we just got to wait for the future to, to show us. Um, uh, I, think well, that means I think you'll see the Xfinities get strung out a little bit more, but I, stay, I think you will actually see some of the trucks maybe – maybe have a groove groove and a half and they will actually work it in especially if they run the trucks before xfinity on the double header which will give you a groove to a groove and a half and give you the option to dive in there for passing which will set up for a good race on sunday even though it's a repave and granted we all know how repaves are done and it's scary to think about like you said, going all the way back to the COT era because you could only do so much with those cars. I still think the way that part of the front of the car is not glued to the ground, just the corners and that air is going underneath the car, it's going to have a different effect 
on the way that you actually drive the car. And it may be that we may actually see the first two wide repave race ever. Well, I'll, I'll be there to witness it, so uh, I'll call you on your bullshit if you're wrong. I'll rub that sweet budging arm. <laughs> well, you, just put it like this. I said, we may. I didn't say we <laughs> would. I said, we may. All right. <laughs> well, with that, um, you got our pretty much initial reactions prior to the presser, uh, but you guys will, of course, be listening to this after the press release. Um we don't know what else is going to be said. Uh, it's going to be a big um, release on the future of the racetrack, not just the racing at the racetrack. So I'm sure that um, whoever's going to be hosting the press release is going to say some stuff. Regards to fan amenities and stuff like that, maybe they'll um, be adding more seats um, um, like they have with the every other row is a, is a, a bench for your, for your cups and everything while you know the other rows is where you sit. Um, I, I don't know as far as any of that stuff. I don't think you've been in, involved in any of those style meetings as well. Um, no, but I don't see too many of that <clears throat> changing right now because of the fact that we finally got a 100% capacity race coming in July. But the problem is in Georgia, the humidity is so bad and the temperature is so hot, it is going to be crazy out there in the sun. I mean, you can only hope for an overcast day to hide the sun every so often, just as a fan's sake, versus the cars and, you know, the hotter it is, the slippery it's going to get. I mean, the best part about the surface now is it's like dirt. You know, every time they show up, it's different, unfortunately. And I don't think any of these new fans, any of them, have quite got the understanding because they've never set coming off a of turn four and watch these guys hold their breath and hope to God they're not hitting the wall when they're coming off a of turn four because they're doing everything they can to make that thing turn because of how slippery it was even at night for Labor Day weekend. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's yeah. Crazy. And it was hot back then in those races when the Africare 500 was at night. And I'm not looking forward to this weekend sitting in the grandstands watching this race. Um, if you are going to be at Atlanta Motor Speedway, please bring water, um, wear clothes that are going to keep you cool, but also wear clothes that are going to be out of the sun. Um, it is going to be hot. It is going to be hot. It is going to be hot, you know. Hydrate yourself before you come. We don't need anybody passing out. Um, you don't want to be really miserable. Yeah. And if you're not going to wear long sleeve or pants um, as sun protection, definitely keep yourself lathered in some sunscreen. Uh, you will get burned. Um, I remember on Saturday races um, when we were racing at Labor Day, um, walking throughout the pits, forgetting to put sunscreen like just on my kneecaps and having a red stripe. Uh, bright as a lobster as soon as you bring it out of a boil. Uh, just don't risk yourself. It, 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 it's going to be severe. Um, I, I, I don't like the decision to have this race. I really don't, but I'm, of course, going to go watch it because Hot Slick Atlanta, and it's going to be the final one. Um, I'm not going to miss it. Um, so with that being said, um, I guess we'll move on just a little bit. Uh, it seems we've lost Colton for the time being. Uh, we'll add him uh, 
we'll add him back so that we can move on. Um, so we had a lot of racing this weekend. Um, Mid-Ohio with the IndyCar um, crowd and then, of course, Road America for our first of probably a very longer tradition um, going forward at the uh, Road America circuit with NASCAR. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys about the IndyCar race. It was pretty intense, especially at the front. Um, did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. I think it's cool because – you know, for a while, it looked like he had a six-second lead, eight-second lead. It looked like nothing was going to happen. And then over the last 10 or so laps, that you could see the gap just shrink and shrink and shrink. And at the last lap, he actually cut it down to seven-tenths. And I thought that was really interesting because I didn't I didn't at all expect it to be a close finish. And it seems like with IndyCar, you kind of never know what's going to happen. And I think that was another case of that. Yeah, as race fans, how many times do we say, "Oh, if he had one more lap, he'd have got it done"? Um, yeah, definitely. I think he definitely think he could have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you give him another half lap. Um, yeah. I mean, every time I go on watching an IndyCar race, it just shows me that full race strategies pay off way more than absolutely the, the damn stages. Yeah. So I'm I, mm -hmm. I fully entertained. Thought it was an absolutely fantastic race. Um, I love seeing the strategies play out, and I love seeing these guys wheel the car around the corners. Yeah, like um, they you can definitely you can tell see that. It. Yeah, that they're not just kind of going in and sailing it in, hoping it sticks. Like, they have a rhyme and a reason to it. Right. Like, they have to fight it on exit, especially. And you can see the wheel spin. You can see them make corrections and stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and IndyCar is um, is doing the opposite of us who are lower in horsepower. They're looking at increasing horsepower in the next couple of years. They don't have power steering and mid-Ohio sports car course. What a racetrack. A tough track. I mean, it's, it's, it's got tight turns. Sweeping turns, it's got S's, and it's going up and down elevation the whole time. It is probably one of the greatest challenges a race oh, car yeah. could could take on. And those guys did it with twenty six guys, and that proved to be a little bit too much there in front of the front of the show. And I thought it was pretty interesting to see Will Power get taken out. Um, they were just racing so hard at the beginning of the race. Yeah, I just knew yeah, that right. it was going to be a good day. I mean, Dixon and Power changed hands up position what three or four times before that incident in the first lap um uh, of course that was the second restart because uh of the uh uh rosenquist falling car on, on the first lap. but it was an intense race all the way down to the end um new garden um he is probably everybody's favorite right now um he's probably the most popular indy car driver pinsky hadn't had a win i thought it was a great um a great race and, and could have been a little bit better conclusion, but it kept me on my toes. I actually fell in love with mid Ohio and Alex knows my disdain for road courses, but I rock put on some of the best shows when they went there back in the mid mid eighties. And that was fun because you could see these IndyCar guys putting on a show like the IROC guys. They didn't mind getting in there, putting their nose where it was not supposed to go, and making the pass. Now, granted, in the IROC cars, you saw spins. But these guys, they knew better. And, I mean, in places that you shouldn't pass at Mid-Ohio, we had a lot of passing on Sunday. And that was what impressed me more just waiting on the NASCAR race at Road America was the fact that we've got guys passing people in places you shouldn't. And these guys, for me, on that day, there were a lot of them that wanted that one position more than the other guy. 
and that's what puts on a show. Yeah, I thought well, it was pretty cool because it's a tough track to run side by side on. It's very technical. There's a lot of low speed corners and like you saw in the first couple of restarts, like they tried to do it and it didn't work out for some people. Yeah, I'm a firm believer and I'll fight for this mid Ohio um, along with Watkins Glen are the two best circuits in America. Um, I'm just a huge fan of it. I wish the Cup Series would race there instead of the damn Daytona road course. Yeah, I like the track especially. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could pick a favorite road course here, but it's definitely one of the better ones. Yeah, um, so, something I saw on Twitter earlier was uh, some people getting into it about whether or not the road courses should be coming and stuff like that. Because, I mean, wh when we move on to Road America, there's, there's a lot I have to say based on basically what Colton said, that this, this was a full race, and that's why – it had such good racing. Yeah, the strategy was a little bit stunted because we had eight laps at the beginning of the race that we were still trying to figure out. But the rest of the 70-something-odd laps that we, we did have really allowed that race to become a race. And over in Road America, especially on Sunday, we didn't, we didn't get that. Um, but, but this is one of those tracks – like you said, that I'd love to see Cup race at. Um, you know, they had it on the, the past two heat games where you could race there, and that's really fun. I know it's not really any sort of, you know, simulation to what could happen, but I feel like I feel like stock cars are are better suited for elevation change and or high speed road race road courses. And we're not gonna get that these street courses that they're talking about going to, but a, a road a road course like Mid Ohio provides everything that you want in a circuit, um, so I'll second um, that. It, it in it is one of the probably three best in in the in the country. Uh, I'd put probably Laguna Seca up there with Watkins Glen. Um, so I don't know if we're gonna have road races. I'd rather do that than the Indy um, the Indy road course. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, yeah, we can talk fun. about that all day every day. Because um, you know how at least me and Nathan feel about that. I know Colton yeah, really, I think, doesn't, really doesn't care about the older right. race, but that's know, the thing with me. It is what like, it is. Road racing, like at least my favorite road courses. I think someone always told me that the best road courses are ones where you feel like you're going somewhere. You know, it doesn't feel like it's yeah. just created for the sake of a racetrack. Like you know, it doesn't feel like you're going around in the parking lot with ninety degree bends and just no flow to them. And you look at the tracks that you guys mentioned like Watkins Glen, Laguna Seca, Road America, Mid-Ohio, they all feel like you're going somewhere. So it almost makes it – it doesn't feel – it doesn't feel like it's just manufactured. It feels like you're on a road almost. And I think it's pretty so cool. So more street courses. Got it. No, yeah. no, I never said that. Oh, that's no, exactly no, what no. NASCAR is here. There's only that. like two or three street courses I actually like. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, most street courses just don't put on good shows. I it's mean, just difficult. They really yeah. don't. I mean – Long Beach is, is okay. Monaco is only Monaco because Monaco is Monaco. I mean, right. there's nothing else to say. Like, you don't go to a Monaco race for a race. You go to Monaco for, for Monaco. That's right. that's it. The party but, I mean, Monaco. Yeah. Exactly. It is, it is the prestige. It's, it's, the, it's the crown jewel of the motorsports calendar. Um, I, I put it right up there, you know, with the Indy 500 and Le Mans as being a marquee event that, that everyone should have on their bucket list. Um, but like you said, Road America is, is one of those racetracks. You said, um, 
uh, you heard that, you know, a road, a road course should feel like it's taking you somewhere, not like it's in a parking lot. Well, road, road America hasn't changed probably since its inception, other yeah, than fan amenities in the park and stuff like that. So we, we saw a race on Saturday that was, was pretty good. Um, Kyle Busch won his 101st, and I don't think we need to add more because we've been talking about Kyle Busch all year. We talked about him after his 98th, after his 99th, after his 100th. So I think we'll we'll gloss over this 101. Um, you've heard our opinions on whether or not he should keep racing, um, I think, after he won his last one. So let's move on to Sunday's race. Um, I'll let you guys go ahead and start because I'll probably echo some of your opinions, but I have a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Um I guess I'm sure that this might be echoed by you too. Um, I'm not sure how much you agree with this, but I think the stage racing definitely hurt it because as you saw with IndyCar, if some guy built up a 10 second lead, you never know by the end of that race, it'd be gone. Whereas with stages, if the final stages and the first two stages, they are all a little bit shorter. If somebody builds up a big lead, it's <clears throat> tougher to catch that guy by the end of the race. If you got a faster car because you have less laps to do it and, you've got a shorter run and especially it hurts long run cars because you saw some people actually drive through the field on new tires on the last stage. And it makes you wonder that go back and say, Hey, maybe what if there weren't stage costs and where do you think these guys would be? And I think they probably would have made up even more spots if it wasn't for them. And you saw it well, for a while. Um, it looked like whoever got out front for each stage was kind of going to keep it. It didn't look like yep. there was much, much for them to do. Whereas if you run it green to the end, I think there'd be a lot more changing hands and just comers and goers that you like to see. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather see a natural caution ruin the flow of the race than a manufactured yeah. caution. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, it, this is great race in road America. I wasn't the biggest fan when they were going into it. Um, mm -hmm. Just because I look at it as a, just a super long road course for no reason. Um, but I mean, the course is so versatile. I mean, there's so many different kinds of corners in it. Um, it was really great race and you could see one guy be good in this section, that section, and two other guys be good in two different sections. And there's still, you know, two miles of track left. Um, so I was really a huge fan of that. I don't understand people that say this is a bad race. Cause even I'm not the right. road course supporter, but this is a great race. Even if Chase Elliott smoked the field, um, towards the end there, we had great racing all throughout. Um, we saw a great lead change or battle for the lead between Benedetto and Cindric for a while. Um, and Kyle Busch was even right in there yeah. um, sniffing his nose around. Um, like Nate said, you saw a lot of the comers, the goers, the short runs versus the long runs cars. Um, so, I mean, I thought it was a great race all in all. Um, to echo the point, stage racing definitely ruins road courses, though. Yeah, and um, you said you don't know how a lot of people um, – just like this race. Well, the good race poll from Jeff Gluck was uh, a, t a toss up in the comments. Uh, it, it wound up being about a 70 something, but it was a toss up with people arguing whether or not it was a good race. I'll say this. Um, we posted our, our race poll. I'm not going to say until we get a, a, a better number of people participating in it, um, whether or not we said we had some ships. We had, one, two, and three stars. It was it was kind of all over the board. I put a one star. I was bored. Um, for me, when it comes to road racing, I'm more of an intellectual fan, I guess you would say. I would, I would rather watch for strategy. I would rather watch for what's going to happen throughout the story yeah. of the race rather than action 
every single lap because I know that's not possible. And if it is happening, it's not genuine to me. Um, you can ask my dad. I'll, I'll watch a race that every other, other, every other person in the room will say is boring as shit, but I'm sitting there calculating shit in my head, trying to figure out who's going to run out of gas, who's, who's going to do better on tires and stuff like that. And it's something that we've always complained about with stage racing. And, you know, every time we come on here after a road course, we say the same damn thing that it's ruining the races. But what was particularly bad about Sunday's race, in my opinion, was we had four stages because Anthony Alfredo's crash right there in the middle of stage three ruined anything <laughs> that could have made that race good. And so just from me being disappointed, knowing that the strategies were varying, that we were going to have a good, long, green flag, uh, pit stop full uh, stage right there at the end and just have it all yanked out from under us just pissed me off. And you know what? That might not have happened if we didn't have – an eight lap caution period before the end of stage one. And then we didn't have another caution at the end of stage two. We've got to do something, keep the stage points, get rid of the cautions, learn how to use local yellows. I'm just, I'm tired of saying this yeah, over and I over and over. I know I'm not going to change NASCAR's mind, but still. Mm -hmm. I, can't. I can't agree anymore with you. Like, I, I can totally understand all of y'all's frustrations. Um, let me, change a little bit of this here to where you know fuel strategy would be a little different based on just the stages if you counted the race backwards and whatnot knowing you've got so many laps that caution to begin the race and you sat there on pit road and burned a gallon and a half just sitting there warming everything up you know if you knew exactly where you were and it didn't matter where the cautions were and you see two or three teams try this, but some of the other cautions that end up happening foils those opportunities. The problem I see with it is no matter what, it takes, what, say Road America, it takes, what, eight minutes, basically, to ride around that track at pace right. cars and pit road speed. And... Some of the cautions should have been cleaned up within two laps, two laps. And right. that would have been enough to run through. As soon as they picked up the pace car, the next time by, pit road was open. Pit road had whatever else at the end of them. I think that they shouldn't do the lap cars at whatever on road courses because of this. I think that, you know, that quickie caution rule that they have to where Every so often, they'll let the teams all pit at the same time. That's how road course racing ought to be. You need to get one time. If you ride by there again and you want to stop, so be it. Stop on the second time. But they should have never, ever had more than two laps at any point in time for any of the cautions for any of the stuff that actually happened on that racetrack Sunday. Yeah, and I think the easiest way to fix that, because someone in NASCAR is going to be like, well, they need um, they need the laps because we've got to have the competition and da 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 da, da and we got to get yeah. them all re-racked and stuff. You don't have the choose rule at certain racetracks, which means you can change rules for any racetrack. So what I'm going to say, especially on a road course like Coda or Road America that are four something miles long, rack them up, catch the pace car, and do not change the lineup until you go back racing green. You put the lap cars in the back just like you would normally, 
and you do not gain or lose positions on pit road. Doesn't matter. Everybody yeah, comes in, stops, come back out. I, I don't think that. I would think that you need to do the same thing the second time by. You show them when to go, and you rack and stack them on that long back straightaway they have, and get them ready to race. Right. At that point in time, it's a lap and a half of caution, right? Before they're mm -hmm. ready to go back racing. And whoever <laughs> stops has just got to catch the field. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they're still doing pit road speed and they can haul it all the way to make it back around. They still got, if it's just halfway through the lap, they still got four more minutes to actually get to them before they get back to the start, start line to hit go. I mean, well, you could do that on crazy. even a small road course. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not, I'm not a fan of closing pit road at any track. Um, I don't understand it. I mean, I get it from an official side of view of, uh, you got to make sure this is set and whatever. Um, you got to make sure it's cleaned up and safe. Um, but unless there's a, a wreck on or right near pit road, I'm not a fan of closing it at all. Um, let teams come and fix their cars and do whatever they want at any time, um, especially at the road courses and tracks as big as Road America. Um, you know, I mean, we I, I, I used to have this argument all the time with my dad about, you know, you can't come when pit road's closed. We used to sit and bicker about it, of why it's closed. Um, and that was never more of an issue than it was this last weekend when they would burn a whole two caution lines and then say, okay, now pit road's open. It's like, okay, well, now we're 20 minutes into this caution flag and right. we're just now getting to pit stops. It's going to take at least another full lap to get everything set back up. Right. Oh, and by the way, now it's the stage in caution. You can come and pit again if you didn't pit just then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're tacking time onto the yellow flag for no <laughs> And that's wasting that's wasting TV time as well, and and the, and yeah. the people who showed up for the race as well. So I think I think what you're talking about is is just letting the pit pit road be open, just coming coming back to rack them up. And I want to say um, that's really something I hadn't thought about. But when you brought it up, I was thinking, well, that's what F1 does. When a safety car comes out, they don't close pit road until the um, maybe not at all, but at the very least. When they're coming to pick up the safety car, you see everyone darting down and trying to get their tires and stuff before they catch up to the queue. And why can't we do that? Um, sucks to suck if you were already past pit road when the caution came out. But, I mean, these road course races can be a million times better than they are now if we just if we tweak the rules to run a road course race. And and yeah. and then NASCAR is gonna gonna find that they're gonna be making even more money off of this new niche that we've we've put ourselves into. And I don't I don't think that that would make me you know angry at all. Um, yeah. Being being a, someone who loves oval racing, I think that's very fair to say because the best the shortest sweetest way I could put it is that you can officiate an oval race like it's supposed to be an oval race, and you have to do the same for road course. You have to treat a road race like it's a road race, mm -hmm. and if you can treat it properly, it's going to be a good race. If not, it's going to have problems. Yeah. That's 100% possible, but the probability of it, like Alex said, yeah. <laughs> is very slim to none. But, yes, even, even with, as crazy as it sounds, even with Legends cars on the road course at Atlanta Motor Speedway through the infield, we actually have to do it differently than we do an oval. Yeah. And 
you know, they used to have a place in Sonoma to where when you got to a certain spot, you would cut through and make a shorter lap, right? Mm -hmm. When the cautions were done. Well, granted, we know Road America ain't got that. Well, but I mean, it does. There's but, like a, you could cut out at turn five and go straight and come out on turn, I think, 13. Right. Uh, which is where they had the finish line for qualifying. Well, you know what I'm saying, though. <clears throat> at that point, it's it's not subject to can they do it during the race because they've got so much more in the way during right. on, on race day. But if they kept it clear and you could change some of those things so that you could pull that off. Now, Watkins Glen, you could not do that because it doesn't have a way to do it. Sonoma does. We do know that most of your other places actually have that same thing. And if you got a wreck in, say, the Roval, or whatever else, you know, even Daytona, you know, they go down through there where you could just take them around the two and a half mile course, right? Without even doing anything. And that shorts that whole thing up to where you're not wasting and burning so much fuel and wasting time going all the way through the road course and everything. Everybody knows where the corners are. You don't need to show it to them again. Mm hmm make it a little yeah. bit faster for the fans, make it a little bit faster for the TV to where they got to catch up. It makes it easier to stack them and re-rack them and go back green faster. A biggest proponent of that, we do it for us. We, we do the whole thing, but we still got that little thunder ring. We don't use it, but under caution, we make them run the little thunder ring and don't count laps, and, but we re-rack them and restack them running around the little quarter mile and then we turn them back loose and they head back toward the road course for green. I know it works. Been there, done that. We can do this through pretty much every one of the other road courses to help the flow of everything. And if you cut a bunch of these caution laps out, the strategy is going to be a little bit different no matter what you have for stages because that means that you're not wasting eight laps of caution when you're only wasting two. Using the two that you really need, not wasting six more just for TV yeah. timeout or whatever. Yeah, I, I think they they bit off more than they could chew this year, um, and they haven't been trying to fix it. You see um, in past years where they've tried to uh, officiate uh, race differently, like with the overtime line, we got rid of that mid-year. Um, they added unlimited green-white checkers after that. They um, they limited green-white checkers um, to three at the speedways one year when they had it unlimited, you know, elsewhere. I mean, and 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 they're 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 gung ho all the way up till right now, where oh, we can't say that we've been wrong, but they're they're changing the speedway package in Xfinity and Cup. And we've already talked about that with horsepower and 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 um, a little bit of that a drag reduction with taking the wicker bill off. Why can't you do it officiating a road course? You have seven on the schedule this year. Fix it. All you're doing is shooting yourself in the foot because someone like me shows up from Formula One and says, this American racing crap is whack. I'm not going to watch it. It's a joke. And that's, that's the easiest way to turn off a fan. It's like the NFL saying that, you know, you just can't. You can't hit the quarterback. Like, not not their rules that they have for targeting and stuff. Now, like, <clears throat> if you get behind the line, all you have to do is touch him, and that counts as a sack. You're going to lose fans that way, and that's essentially 
how I feel that they're running in a row course right now. Yeah, I would, I'd agree with everything you guys said. Yeah, I know. If only I could get a job with NASCAR and sit in those rooms and help them out. Yeah, All right. Yeah, well, it's been really a, a good conversation. Um, thanks for coming on at such late notice, all of you guys. Um, the only thing left we have to do, um, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap this show up, is, is picks. So, um, Nathan, uh, I'll go ahead and let you do that. Um, as always, and uh, we'll get we'll get out of here. All right. Um, it looks like, yeah. So it looks like um, Colton got us another win with Chase Elliott at Road America. Uh, I was somewhere in the top ten with Truex, so I ended up second. And then Alex kind of got the bad end of the stick there because his yeah. pick, Kyle Larson, was running in the top five when he did get spun. So that dropped him all the way down the field. So I think. With all that stuff being said, it looks like Alex is actually going to have first pick again this week for Atlanta. Right, so we're going to Atlanta. Can I suggest one thing y'all need to do for this is y'all need to also have a group of all of your guest picks so that all of your guests online can go against y'all and, and see what they can actually do at some point with you. Yeah, I'm thinking that we can we can expand on that when we have more guests. Uh, I know Justin Champagne um, would have gotten himself – I think two points the the, the time yeah. he came on. Um, Jared would have gotten um, a couple Jared, of points um, yeah, if, if two, it, I think. yeah. So so it would be somewhere around the six or seven mark. Um, we're already way past that. So uh, that's definitely something that we're going to do for for next year. Um, well, since we always tend to pick Kyle Larson um, uh, first, whoever goes first has, has picked Kyle Larson the past like six weeks. Um, I guess go ahead and see if you can do what you can do for the uh, for the guests. I think that's you, Chad. Well, as crazy as it sounds, I don't know how he can pull it off, but I do think that y'all are going to shoot me for this because I can't, I, I can't stand him and I make fun of y'all. But I think Denny wins on Sunday. Well, I mean, I saw him win the Advocate 500 um, in 2011, I want to say. So uh, maybe it was 2012. Yeah, it was 2012. Um, he's won in Atlanta before. That's all I have to say to that. I, yeah. I don't know that that's ever been a, a racetrack that, that he's been very good at. So um, I'm going to have to say no. Uh, I, I'm not going to pick Kyle Larson again, even though I want to, because he's got 100 miles less, and he learned from last time to not blow his tires off. So he's probably going to go out there and win. But I think that uh, I will take another Hendrick driver, and mm -hmm. I think that someone who has been building back his um, – his speed from the last few weeks after having a couple of bad weeks. And I'll take William Byron for the win in the Quaker State 400. That's a pretty good pick. Um, I guess I'm going to have to go outside the camp. I'm going to pick another JGR driver. Um, I don't necessarily want the guy to win, but I think Kyle Busch is going to win just because over the last few Atlanta races, he's always kind of been one of the better Gibbs cars, either first or second best. And I think it's going to be a handling race with the heat. So I think – 
And the Joe Gibbs cars in particular are really good on long runs. Like it's been a trend for the past couple of years now. So I think the Hendrick cars, they're going to be fast, but I think as the run wears on, you're going to see the Gibbs cars get better. And the 18 has been the best Gibbs car for probably the past two months now. So why not him? Um, for me, it's between two guys. Uh, I know Stuart Haas has been gaining speed the last few weeks. Kevin Harvick's been doing a lot better, so I really want to pick him. But mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the low-hanging fruit, Kyle Larson. I think he is going to get it done and start another win streak. Um, he is going to get it done in Atlanta. This is the first time right. he's ever been the last pick, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, I didn't want to pick him because I've been picking him so much. He <laughs> just you know, had his bad luck this week, so I don't want to – I don't want to have round two of that since he did that in in Atlanta earlier this year uh, with Blaney sneaking out that win on him. Um, overall, it's a nice show this week. This is going to count as our uh, weekly show. Uh, we will um, not be broadcasting one live. So thank you for listening. If you are listening on Tuesday the 6th, I hope you enjoyed the press release. I know you have something to say, so do not forget to come on to Twitter at Fan Fuel Podcast, one that's a capital F, capital F, capital P, and the number one on the end. Say something to us. We're going to ask you a question about what do you think about the banking and what do you think is the future of the racetrack. Um, we got more information than just that. Um, are you going to come support Asphalt Late Models if they do decide to do that? Um, stuff like that. Other than that, thanks for listening, and um, we'll let everybody get back to their business. I kind of threw this together at the last minute. So uh, go listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. As always, if you are watching this on the Wednesday Night Broadcast, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Well, that's the shortest show we've ever done. Mm-hmm.